Well, good morning, Oak Grove. In the Oak Grove. We're going to need to start really rethink. You guys need to come sit down, then we'll set up. Because this is, uh, every week it's like a, a chasing something new. This is fun. Um, well, we're going to sing. I hope you guys got a program. It has the words to the songs, uh, as we've been doing the last few weeks. So um, why don't you, I'll let you sit for now. You've been standing. Um, we'll, we'll stand when we do our next uh, few songs. But as we sing together today, we'll start with Christ, our hope in life and death. So join me. our hope in life and death, Christ alone, Christ alone, what is our only confidence, that our souls to Him belong, who holds our days within His hands, who comes apart from His command, and what will be us to the end, the love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess Christ our hope and life. His grace and goodness known in our great Redeemer's blood, who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above the stormy tribe, who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the Lord, the rock of Christ. To the grave, what will we sing? Christ, he lives, Christ, he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. Then we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will joy when Christ is ours
Christ our hope in life and death. Sing it again. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope is free. announcements from Glenn as we get started, and then we'll sing a little bit more together. So welcome again uh, to Oak Grove. I'm glad to have you guys here this morning. Good morning, church family. How awesome to be Oak Grove in the Oak Grove again, huh? This is beautiful. And the Lord's blessed us with a little bit cooler day than we've had of late. I only have two announcements, so this will be really short. Uh, The first one is next week we are going to be here again. And uh, all we need to do is remember now to get an email out to anybody that's not here today to let them know, (laughs) Uh, like this past week, so we can give everybody else a heads up too. So hope to see you here again next week. And the second announcement is that we are planning on having another baptism. Uh, We're looking forward to doing that this summer, hopefully sometime within the next three, four weeks is our goal. And uh, so if anybody would like to be baptized, please let me or one of the elders know. And we can uh, plan, discuss that and plan a time to do that. So looking forward to that. Does anybody else have an announcement that I'm not aware of or anything I've missed? I guess that's it. Maybe we'll commit this service to prayer here. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with and just the chance to get together as brothers and sisters in Christ and and here just enjoying your creation, the, the works of your hands all around us, Lord, and Lord, we're just so thankful for uh, the Rourke family opening up their place to us again, Lord. And uh, just ask your blessing on our time. May just uh, everything about today's uh, service just honor you. Uh, so look forward to what Greg has to share with us. I uh, just pray uh, give him peace and boldness and clarity as you speak through him, Lord. And uh, yeah, just ask your hand be upon this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, for one, am very thankful for the radical change in uh, temperature today. So... Thank you, Lord, for that. Um, yesterday even was quite warm, so it's very nice to, to be here. Why don't you stand with me? We always sing better when we're standing, don't we? As we focus our eyes today and we look um, and we um, just look to have God be our vision, and we've been talking about that actually for the past few weeks and just the idea of focusing our eyes on Christ. So we're going to continue that today as Greg speaks to us and as we sing and worship together. Be thou my vision. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best art. Sleeping, I pray. 
Next one's a little bit, um, we did a few times in isolation, so this is a test for how many of you guys were um, tuning in, but uh, it is a good one. It comes straight out of Psalms 46. Um, If you've never heard this song, I'm going to ask you to do something a little weird, and that's just to open your Bible and look at Psalms 46, because this pulls just some words out of that um, and and some stuff. I mean, you you could trust it as well, too, but I actually enjoy doing that as we listen to this, just because... It brings to light um, truths of the scripture there. But truly, so much in this time that we're in right now, I think this song is so good as we turn our eyes and we look at the Lord of heavenly hosts, the Lord of angel armies, and um, you know what can man do um, when we see a God that is revealed in scripture like this. So sing with me if you know it. If, if you want to just um, listen to words, that's fine too. But um, we'll do this together, Psalm 46. of God, the nations at his feet. He bends a bow and bends a spear and tells the wars to sing. O mighty one of Israel, you are on our side. We walk by faith in God who burns a chariot.
calms the wind and waves and makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move, and to the sea the nations rage, I know my God is in control. Keep that with me. Though the oceans roar, you are the Lord of all, the one who calms the wind and waves and makes my heart be still. Though the earth gives way, the mountains move, and to the sea the nations rage, I know my God is in control. turn upside down, even when the world turns upside down, I thank you. Or the nations may rage. It doesn't matter. You are sovereign. And we come today to declare that, to lift up your name, to lift it high, and to just find joy in doing so together. So we give this day to you. And thank you, God, that you have saved us. You provided uh, your son for us and that we can have life eternal through him. In his name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. So, funny thing, I forgot to ask Luke to read. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, Luke Scott. If Is Luke even here? <laughs> so, we almost got it. In case you guys ever, we always try to leave one Easter egg of a mistake, so you guys can catch that. So, uh, I'll go ahead and read it. Um, but that's not even the right scripture. Greg, what am I reading? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Isaiah 26. Turn to Isaiah 26. Too many moving parts. And the wind blows. Isaiah 26. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Okay. I'm reading from the ESV. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. 
Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Good morning. I'm not Greg, but he'll be here in a minute. Greg and I woke up on March 21st, assuming that we would have a normal day that day, consisting of meeting online with our teams, planning, writing reports, doing research, doing email, all of the normal things with maybe a a grocery trip thrown in or something like that. But um, something changed, something happened. We had been living in India in Bangalore, India, for about three years, and Greg had already established a security team to work with him. He was the director of the uh, group of SIL working in India. And this security team group met periodically to um, look at the news, what was happening in the country, and to make sure that all of our uh, folks working in India could enjoy a safe working environment and to mitigate situations that needed mitigation and things. And so that morning, um, Greg had a security team meeting at 7.30 in the morning. And, but it was March 21st, right? So the pandemic, ep, ep, this whole situation had already begun. We had already made decisions to hunker down and isolate in our apartment there for the duration, however long that would be. And um, we were prepared for that. And then the security team met, and they had new information to go over. Uh, We had just learned that uh, the India government had decided to close down international travel on midnight of March 22nd, and that also Bangkok, our transient city, Uh, in coming to the U.S. had decided that they would also close down all international travel coming in and going out of Thailand for the foreseeable future. We already had tickets to come home to the States on June 18 because we had been planning for a full year that we were going to transition to the States and work based here to be closer to our grandchildren. And um, so plans were ready. We had this ticket purchased and we were anticipating this move and all of a sudden we thought hmm his his meeting went for about an hour and a half and after that meeting he said you know what Diane I think we need to revisit our decision and see um, whether we're good where where, as we are or not so as we discussed that situation we thought you know what we're not really sure how long this is going to last and we don't Uh, really want to forfeit that June 18 ticket. Our hopes were set on that. Let's see what God does, and let's just plan to try to get out um, within the next 12 hours, which is technically an impossibility, because when you buy tickets online, I don't know if you're aware of this, you cannot purchase anything online that leaves less than three days from the moment of purchase. It just doesn't happen. And so... um, we made this decision. Let's try to, to see if we can prepone or move up our ticket out of Bangkok. And let's see if we can get a connector from Bangalore to Bangkok and um, see how that works. So I started looking online. And within two hours, I had preponed our ticket out of Bangkok. And I had purchased a ticket from Bangalore to Bangkok 
Remember, this is an impossibility. You can't buy a ticket that leaves within hours of your purchase online. It just never happens. They tell you it's too soon. They won't take your money for that. So clearly God was in it. I was also able to make a booking at a hotel in Bangkok for the 10 or 12 hours that we had in between those flights. So it seemed like everything was good. And so we started packing our bags and brought home as much as we could get into our luggage. Um, We had already been living in India for about three years. And during this three-year period, um, we were always ready to leave at a moment's notice because that's always a possibility. And when we left, we were always ready. We had certain things like our backup drives and important files and documents that we knew we would have to have um, if we were not allowed to re-enter the country. So that was standard operating procedure whenever we packed a bag and left and and things. So we did that, and we ended up um, being ready to catch our midnight flight that night, which took us to Bangkok. Um, because I had mentioned, I mentioned that pan, the pandemic was already in in situation and across India, people were encouraged to stay home, only go out to get groceries and medicines. But at that time when they decided to close the borders, um, everything went on lockdown. So 1.2 billion people were told to stay at home, which caused great upheaval. I don't know if you saw it on the news, but masses of people who are daily workers and their their earnings for every day provide them their meals for that day could no longer go to work. So they were often immigrants in other cities, in the big cities of, across India, and they were trying to get back home. But there was no transportation. Buses and trains and planes had stopped, and cars had to have a special permit to go from one city to the next. And so it was pretty chaotic. But the, So the fact that we had these tickets... Um, was evident that this was God's nudging and that he was directing us this way. In fact, we wrote quickly to you all and we said, when we get there, we need to have a place to um, quarantine for two weeks after we arrive. And God provided a place with dear friends that was out in the country. We could enjoy nature. We could enjoy a time of rest and um, finishing up some things of work um, back in India while we uh, were recuperating before we went then to stay with our sons in central California. You know, we tell stories and we retell our stories. We have stories. You have stories. We all have these stories. And as we retell them, as we look with hindsight, we can see how God directed and how he led and what he did. When we're in the midst of it, we sometimes forget about that, and we just think that it's on our shoulders to figure this thing out, right? But when we look back, we can see how God has moved and how he has directed and how he has taken care of us. In fact, that's what scripture is, isn't it? It's a big book of stories of how God interacted not only with the Israelites but with the whole world, stories of what he did in many, many different situations. So as I look back on our, this recent story of our experience in leaving India quickly, I'm reminded that how I have a tendency personally to focus on the situation around me and to forget that God actually knows this is not a surprise to him, even if it's a surprise to me, he was aware, and that he has a plan. He's always got a plan, no matter how much we mess up 
what's what his original plan is. He's always got a plan. He's he's always prepared. And um, I kind of realized at this particular point of time that the only time in my life that I have ever really had my act together is when I'm able to stop and take a breath and say, I know you have this. I trust you. You're my God, and I have nothing to worry about and nothing to fear. Whether you walk me through a painful valley, which we have experienced, you all have experienced, or whether everything flows smoothly like we wish it would, whatever the situation, we can rest in him and trust him because Scripture reminds us, right? Isaiah says, the Lord keeps in perfect peace those whose faith is firm. He doesn't say, if you just trust me, I'm going to make everything perfect. You will have no challenges. There will be no bumps in your road. You will experience no pain. You will experience no poverty. Nothing bad will happen to you. He doesn't ever promise us that, but he promises us perfect peace that goes beyond our understanding when we just look at the situation and we wonder, how could, there poss- how could anybody possibly feel perfect peace? And I'm not just talking about this COVID pandemic. I'm also talking about the current situation related to social injustice and all the situations around the world. They're all challenging. They're all heart-rending. They're all, they all have an element of uh, fear woven into those and um, uncertainty about what's going to happen um, around the world and to us. But I'm reminded, as I remember my stories, and I want you to remember your stories, to remind yourself that God has promised us perfect peace, but it requires us to stop and take a deep breath and remember, he's got this. And we just have to choose to receive the peace that he is offering. He offers us peace. We don't need to worry. We may walk through pain. We may walk through difficulty. We surely will. But God is right there with us. And if we just stop and remember the God that we're following, then we can experience the peace that only he gives. We can't conjure up ourselves. So let's do that today. Let's remember the peace that he offers. So we'd love to hear your stories. I think it would be just really fantastic if we had a a morning or an evening like this where we're passing the microphone around and <clears throat> listening to everyone's stories about what God has done and what God is doing. Uh, we learn from story, don't we? We learn from our lives. As Diane was saying, we learn from how God has brought things into our lives, and then we respond to those things um, according to his plan and his, his way. And we pray that our responses will be uh, honoring to him and uh, that, we'll, that we'll not be anxious and that we'll not be worried and that we'll not be traumatized, <clears throat> but that we'll respond in ways that honor him and bring bring glory to him. Our our story, I I hope you have seen in a small way, 
illustrates how God really intervened for us. Uh, as we look back, as Diane said, it was <clears throat> it was nearly miraculous, if not outright so, that God was God found a way. God made a way for us to evacuate in a timely way. <clears throat> but as Diane said, it's not going to be that way all the time. We can we can also tell you many stories when it wasn't that way. Um, Diane had uh, hepatitis and malaria at the same time, and we feared for her life uh, at one point in our mission experience. Um, we were uh, held up on the road in a public vehicle in a very remote place uh, at gunpoint. And these things... Uh, don't normally go well in in that particular place. People die and people are killed. And I wondered, Diane wasn't there, but I wondered <clears throat> if I was going to be with Jesus that day. And we were held up by communist rebels at one time and told that we couldn't go home, that we were going to be held uh, in their camp until they decided they would release us. And I could go on with with many stories that tell you that <clears throat> that illustrate that it doesn't always go well, friends, and you know that. So <clears throat> I have a few questions for you just for reflection as we get started this morning. Are you feeling out of sorts with the COVID-19 situation? I woke up this morning and read the news and it said that worldwide we've surpassed 10 million verified infections. Wow. You know, four months ago, uh, no one, probably few people would have dreamed that that, that would be the case. Um, amazing. Are you feeling disconcerted with the state of affairs of our country and the world? I certainly am. You know, I, I, I read the news. I'm out of sorts about what's happening. Maybe on top of these sort of bigger issues, you're insecure with the state of your family. Maybe you're experiencing family troubles that leave you feeling hopeless, helpless, and unclear about what to do next. Maybe the pandemic and the resulting lockdowns have left you without work or under a load of debt that you don't seem to see a way out of. Um, <clears throat> a very real possibility, even for those who are here. Are you anxious about our economy and whether we'll be able, as a nation, to weather the likely runaway inflation that unprecedented currency creation will create? Economically, we're in un very uncertain times as a nation, as a world. Maybe unprecedented. And getting sort of more personal and closer to home, are you concerned about our Oak Grove Fellowship and whether and how we might meet together again as we once did? This is a wonderful setting. We could, we could settle on this for a long time, right? But, it, but we, do, we are concerned about this, We're con and not just for ourselves, but for the church in general. Are we coming to a point in our, in our history where the, the meeting of the church is in jeopardy? Are you concerned about the state of the church and the practice of our faith in America? 
<clears throat> that's the last question that I have. But but Diane brought up a couple other things that are also good to remember that we also personally deal with lots of difficult things that are chronic in our lives. Maybe it's chronic illness. We have friends who the the wife wakes up every morning and wonders whether she can get through the day because she experiences so much pain on a daily basis from fibromyalgia and, and other chronic issues that she experiences in her life. I thank God that that I don't experience that and I don't have to deal with that. I'm not sure what I do. But she thinks about suicide. It's so bad in her life. And maybe you know people like that. Or maybe you have experienced something like that. <clears throat> so from that, I want to turn our thoughts to Psalm 91. So if you'll just take a second and open to Psalm 91. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're all familiar with this, this chapter, this psalm. <clears throat> In my opinion, this psalm has some of the most profound promises of Scripture. If you're feeling out of sorts, depressed, losing your way forward, not knowing what to do, go to Psalm 91. <laughs> it's the best hope for feeling better. It's the best hope for that that you know that I think in scripture for for seeing the hope that we have in Christ. Let's just read through it together and rest in the promises of God. This is from the New Living Translation. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Will find rest in his shadow. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You'll trample over lions and cobras. You'll crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. <clears throat> When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Wow, what a 
what a powerful uh, chapter. And if you're, if you're really feeling out of sorts, close the door in your room, in your house, stand up in the middle of the room and replace all the U's with I's <laughs> or, or me or we. I will trample on lions and cobras. This disease will not come near me, right? But I don't know about you, friends. Uh, I went through here and asked a few questions as I read the verses. Like verse 1, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So I ask myself, if I'm feeling out of sorts, if I'm feeling like I'm not getting rest, I'm not satisfied, I'm not feeling secure, I have to ask myself, where am I seeking to find rest? And what is frustrating that? I think it's so easy, uh, just on a practical level, that we be, it's very easy for us to shift our dependencies um, in our lives and seek to find rest in things that don't bring rest or bring temporary rest. So I have to ask myself this question. Where am I seeking to find rest? If I'm, if I'm feeling insecure, anxious, worried, where am I going? What is the thing I'm depending on to provide that? And is it failing me? <clears throat> Verse 2. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Do The question I ask is, do I go elsewhere for safety? What or whom do I depend on for refuge? Maybe it's the government. Maybe we're... <laughs> Maybe we're depending on the government to, to bail us out, right, economically or, or in terms of health or protect our health or provide for us in some way. Is it the government? Is it the state? Is it my friends? Is it my family? Is it my spouse? Is it my bank account? Am I dependent? Am I, you know, do my thoughts run to my account and say, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I've, I'm covered. You know, I've got resources there. <clears throat> But those things won't, we know this, right? Those things are not long-term, long-run, going to provide the security, the refuge, the rest that our dependence on God and our knowledge of him will provide. And I drop down to another verse. And I, I don't know if you were thinking of this as we were reading through it. Verse uh, <clears throat> verse 6 says, Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. So I ask the question, will I get the disease? Or will I get a disease that will take my life? And what about God's promise? Um, as we were coming home, I was telling someone that <clears throat> in Asia, when we left, this was in mid to late March, everyone, everyone was wearing a mask. You go through the airport, you get on an airplane, everyone, you know, all you see are eyes. And when we arrived in San Francisco, 
no one was wearing a mask. And I, uh, we warned ourselves. We told ourselves, um, okay, when we get to San Francisco, you know, they may very well put us in quarantine somewhere in a hotel and tell us to account for our time and so on and so forth. Nothing. We, we got off the plane. We went through customs and immigration faster than we've ever gone through. Literally. I think it was 15 minutes or 14 minutes or something. Just straight through. You know, in Bangkok, they were putting a gun to our head, uh, a temperature gun. And, and the woman, you know, she came up right in front of me and stopped me and put this gun to my, set, my head. And I said, don't pull the trigger, please, you know. And she said, oh, we have to do this. And, but nothing. Um, <clears throat> but the, the promises here caused me to ask the question, What, Lord, about those who are following you, who have fallen ill to this disease and have have lost their lives as a result? What about your promises, God? What about your promises? I suspect there are many of our brothers and sisters in the Lord among the thousands who have fallen to coronavirus, COVID-19. And also many who have lost their lives. I know there are two from, from this fellowship who, who used to live here in, in Palisadro. A man and a wife who both passed away in a restroom uh, from COVID-19. Followers of Jesus. <clears throat> I take these promises to mean that the Lord can and will deliver. And he does, right? Our story, your stories illustrate that fact that God does, he can, and he will deliver. But I also realize and acknowledge that God is not constrained to deliver. We don't know the mind of God. We don't know his ways. We don't know his purposes. And in the, there are many Examples from scripture where we see that God's people suffered. Uh, They suffered in many ways from disease and from hardship and from torture and from persecution. God does deliver. He does promise to deliver, but he's not constrained to deliver. Or his deliverance may be different from what we expect or interpret from these verses. We were talking about this, these promises in our leadership team in India. And a, an Indian colleague who's part of uh, my team at the time said something very profound that I took note of. He said, God's protection goes beyond physical protection. It goes to protection of the soul. And I reflected a long time on that and actually did some writing about it because I thought it was very profound and very insightful that that as humans, as worldly bound people, world bound people, we tend to put all of our focus and attention on the physical realm, our own physical experience, the physical things that are around us. 
And all of our attention and ideas are focused that way. And our thoughts tend to migrate to the physical realm. But it's so important to realize and recognize that we are spiritual beings. And that the promises of God are about who we are in spirit, too. It's about who we are in Christ. And that has so much to do with our situation and God's promises for protection and for keeping us in his peace. We don't know why God does things. We don't, we don't know the mind of God. We don't know. We don't understand. We, Diane and I have asked this question many times. I've been on the phone with my friend that I mentioned to you earlier whose wife suffers just extreme pain. And just crying with him on the phone because they are, they're, they're missionaries, you know, they, they work with Wycliffe, but they are, there are days when they are absolutely desperate because she suffers such great trauma and pain. And I've been on the phone with him just asking the question, Lord, why don't you, you know, rescue her? You could do it. Why don't you rescue her? I don't know. We don't know. But we do know and we are assured of God's sovereign plan and love for us. We're told that God is like a father. You know, your best image of a father, that's God. He loves us. He cares for us. He wouldn't give us stones when we ask for bread. You know. So even in a difficult situation where we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel we know that God loves us like a father we rest on his promises that that's who he is and probably many of you could come to the microphone and and talk about that talk about your own experience and your own story and what's happened to you I'd love to hear it Um, but we know this is true about God my sons and I share a, a message thread, you know, uh, messaging back and forth all the time about different things. And <clears throat> when this COVID was starting to take off in India, I had I was writing a lot to them about it and what we were doing and how we were responding. And a little bit of my, you know, real concern about what was going to happen in India in the days ahead. And um, my son... My son David um, responded with some words that were tremendously profound. He said, I think he got frustrated that I was voicing my all my concerns, you know. And he said, he said, right now, Dad, it means spreading love. It means calling those people you know might be afraid and helping them have courage and hope. Those that maybe have no one, and now that they are out of the classroom or they're not able to meet with the body of Christ at church or they're out of work, they may truly feel alone. Long term, who knows? The world will be a different place when this is all over probably. All we can do is pray that he uses this situation to further his kingdom. I thought, wow, no wiser words were ever spoken. Thank you, David. And his, his comments 
made me think of the Isaiah 29 verse that we're all familiar with. Um, You know, does the pot say to the potter, why have you shaped me like this? You know, it's a rhetorical question. But it's 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 an obvious question. Why would the created thing ask the creator, what are you up to? You know, and of course we would say, well, he's given us a mind to think and logic. And, you know, we want to know why. We want to know the reasons behind these things. But, but God, God has his own ways and his ways are higher than our ways. So we read his promises and we trust in him for what he's doing. And that brings us to our scripture for this morning that I just want to make a few comments on and then uh, draw some applications for us as a group. Isaiah 26.3, a very common, a very familiar, not common, uncommon, but very familiar verse to all of us. I don't know about you, but I memorized it in the King James Version. Thou wilt keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Is the, There's a goal here, and the goal here is keeping in perfect peace, and that's the, the theme for our, our thinking together, our devotional together this morning. Keeping in perfect peace. I don't know about you, but there there are people here in this fellowship. There are people in my life who I look at and say, those people are in perfect peace all the time. They Nothing seems to rattle them. I used to work with a couple in the Philippines, um, <clears throat> and we... We experienced some awful events in those first months uh, and years when I was director there. We, one of our colleagues was uh, gruesomely killed in a head-on collision. Uh, we, had, we had kidnappings and near kidnappings. We had road rage where uh, some of our colleagues were involved in a shooting that happened right in front of them where a man was shot and killed and fell over right in front of their car. Uh, Lots of trauma, lots of trauma in those days. And this couple, I would often just, you know, kind of huddle with them and and pray and, and ask them, you know, what's on your mind? What do you think? What should we do? And they always seem to have this, this level headedness and level keel not trite you know not saying trite things but having this sense of peace it's the only kind of way i describe it just this sense of peace the the waters were rough but they they seemed to have an idea about how this thing was going to turn out <clears throat> and I, and when i read this that's that's kind of the the picture i have in mind um, do we have this perfect peace, this sense that, yes, things are raging all around me. Things are raging 
in my life, with my people, you know. Things are raging in my country. But I can have this sense, this, this deep down assurance that it's all going to be okay. And that's kind of the okay in, in, in God's time and in God's world and in God's kingdom. And that's, that's what I'm thinking of here when I, when, I, when I see this translation, perfect peace. And there's two principles I want to just say before we go to some application about this. The first one is that perfect peace comes only through the power of God. If you read it again, you'll see that, it, that God is the actor here. You, thou, will keep me in perfect peace when these things happen, when these things are present. So it's God's doing. It's an act of God in our lives that provides for this perfect peace that uh, the writer's talking about. This is not something. This this is not something we can orchestrate or construct on our own. This is not positive thinking. This is not motivational message stuff. This is an act of God in our lives that brings a sense of purpose and peace and tranquility and rest as we walk with our Creator. It's God's doing. It is the keeping power of God in our lives that provides the ability for us to experience this peace. The second thing is that perfect peace results from a willful submission to God. It is our response to our circumstances, circumstances, which is a result of our being in Christ. <clears throat> it results from having minds that are stayed on him and minds that trust in him. So when I read that, I keyed in on these words, minds stayed on him. What is what is that and where does it come from? And I was interested to find the Hebrew words. The Hebrew words mean something like um, something formed being supported. So something formed in the Old Testament usually refers to thought processes, formations of our thinking, the thoughts and decisions and purposes which direct the actions that we take. And the other word here has the idea of a firm foundation. Or in your translation, it might, might have the word steadfast or something like that. For example, the, today's English version says, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm. To those who keep their purpose firm. And as I, as I was thinking about this and how... Um, our part is to live and act in a way in Christ, in submission to him, with our thoughts and our purposes and our motivations so totally focused on him that we're not distracted by the events and the turmoil and the chaos that surrounds us. 
And it got me thinking about Romans 12, you know, where it says, um, uh, I'm, I beg you not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. And I thought, how interesting that the two verses connect here with the thought processes of our mind. I, Diane will tell you, I often, I often say to her, God has made us smart people. You know, we're supposed to use our heads. But Paul says, your, your thinking has to be transformed in such a way that your, 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 your response, or your reaction to your situation is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That your reaction is not only to use your good judgment and your thinking and your logic and your intuition, but that those things need to be conformed to the mind of God. They need to be conformed to the mind of Christ. And when they are, when your purposes are aligned, when your, when your motivations are in line, then you're experiencing the mind of God and then you're able to respond to your situation in a godly way that honors him and brings perfect peace. Very uh, helpful and enlightening thought for me. So a few questions for us as a group for application uh, as we close this morning. Are you experiencing perfect peace? Did you come this morning um, feeling relaxed, understanding that God is in control? I think probably the vast majority of you, that's true. Or are you feeling out of sorts? Are you feeling confused? Are you anxious? Or is there even some double-mindedness sneaking in? And you want to try to control your situation. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's finance. Second, what do you feel God is prompting you to do to correct your situation? You may need to submit all your ways to him not just the hard stuff. You may need to go to him and say, Lord, I have not lived in a way that honors you and is in submission to you. I give my life to you, Lord. I trust you with all this stuff and especially the hard things. Not just the big decisions, but every aspect of my life. You may need to have your purposes and motivations transformed by the power of God to please him in all respects. And with the result that you experience peace, peace, perfect peace. Third question. Maybe to the best of your knowledge, as you do some soul searching, you feel you are in Christ and you desire to honor him in all your ways, but you still are experiencing anxiety and worry about something. And frankly, it's legitimate, you know? It's legitimate. God has given us emotion. And we respond to our life situations in different ways. Maybe ask the question, am I trying to maintain control over the outcome, over this situation? Or am I willing to let go of the outcome and allow God to determine or control that outcome? 
I don't know about you, but I love to control the outcome. <laughs> in fact, I, I have run into trouble in the past when I push so hard that, you know, the way I see things, the strategy going forward or whatever, you know, I push so hard. I'm so certain that it needs to go a certain way that I push too hard and I want to control it. Are you trying to control the outcome of something or are you just, are you able and willing to let go and say, God, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I cannot control this. It's up to you. It's in your hands. Am I willing to let go of the outcome and allow God to determine and control that? Am I hanging on to something for security, comfort, peace, and what I'm hanging on to is really a false security or a temporary comfort or a counterfeit peace? Brought this up in the Psalm 91 chapter that we easily distract and go to family or money or government or something else to bring the, the security and the rest and the peace that only God can bring. Friends, we live in difficult times. In many ways, our times are not unlike the times that have come before and that others have experienced before us. But even if what comes is nothing like what has come before, we can be confident of this. By God's keeping power, you will experience peace, peace. If by the transforming power of God's Holy Spirit, your mind is steadfast in purpose to please Jesus and you trust him for every outcome in your life and you're willing to let go, and let God accomplish these things. Let's pray together and commit these things to the Lord. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the encouragement of your word. Thank you for the richness of scripture and what it tells us about how you want us to live our lives. Lord, we are so comforted by the promises of your word. And we trust you, Lord, <clears throat> even in the difficult stuff that we can't control, that we don't know why is happening. We don't know the reason. We trust you, Lord, and we give it to you. And we ask and we claim the perfect peace, the peace, peace that Isaiah talks about, that you will just overwhelm us with that this morning, that we can enjoy your presence together, that we can rest in knowing you and knowing your sovereign plan, and that we can enjoy the family of God together. We commit these things to you and pray, Lord, that you also help us to not trust in uh, counterfeit things that would not bring peace in our lives or that are short-term lived, but that we would trust and rest and rely on you each day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you open your songbooks with us once again? Thank you, Greg and Diane. What a great reminder and great passages, too.
We're going to start by singing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Well, let me turn that off. <laughs> Probably was able. <laughs> One. 
piano coming across all right? I can't ever tell because it's kind of weird. This next song, Ancient of Days, um, it will be a new one for you guys, but it picks up pretty quick. Uh, it's pretty easy to follow. But the words just spoke so well um, to today that I, uh, I felt like we should sing it. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll sing um, verse 1 and the chorus. Um, and I think by then you, you should pick it up. But we'll go back through verse 1 just so you guys can follow along as well. Love 
For this last one, he will hold me fast. This is one we've done a few times. Why don't you stand with me as we sing? And we close out and we sing this together. Me. 
have a seat. And Ron's going to come and lead us in, in prayer. Can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you. <laughs> I can read your lips. But... This has been a great morning. Um, Greg, I sure, I sure loved your, your sermon this morning. Um, brought back tons of memories. This old Irishman, he loves stories. I just love stories. <laughs> You know, there's uh, some folks, I, I'm not, I uh, apologize, I didn't get a hold of the prayer chain, and uh, some of you may have sent your prayer request to the prayer chain, and I'm not aware of it. So forgive me for that. Um, we can still do that. I can actually walk over to you and hand you the mic, and we could do that if, we, if you feel like that with something you'd like to do. Just hold up your hand, and I'll bring the mic to you. There's one right there. I'm going to do that. Would you guys follow with me? We need to pray together, right? I meant to put this on the prayer chain, but I forgot. Um, Tuesday, I'm going to have an eye operation. I've had floaters in my eyes since December and they've lasered them twice and then um, so Tuesday they're going to put a needle and suck it all out hopefully and I'll be able to see better I really would appreciate prayers I know that God is in control I have a praise <clears throat> I have a praise for somebody in this group that's a, that's a, has a magical tractor and it's Bud Duffy and his hands operate that through with God's uh, skill, and I uh, he just transformed Virginia's backyard about a week and a half ago, and I just and he always is there when we need him with that magical tractor and his magical hands. Great praise. Raise your hand if you want me to come. Um, some of you probably saw this on the prayer chain a couple months ago. Um, we have a friend. Her name is Stella Mather. And six years ago, you were praying for her because she had a little baby boy named Jameson who died. Um, and he died because he had a cord um, deformation. And he, when he was born, he, he couldn't survive. Um, she is having an emergency C-section on Friday for a baby girl named Magnolia who has the same cord deformation. Um, so please pray for them. Um, they're taking the baby three weeks early to make sure that they can make sure that she's doing good. So please pray for her. They're very, very nervous. They're Christians. They're believing in God, but they need prayer. Stella Mather. Morning. I'd also like for you guys to pray for a, a family of a uh, 
correctional deputy who, uh, last week or earlier this week, uh, this deputy, his name is, or was Evan Baxter. And he'd been working in the jail for a little over a year uh, on a graveyard shift, came home, uh, wasn't feeling all that good. Uh, they called 911, ambulance came, took him to the hospital where he coded. He was 28 years old, and his uh, wife and them, they had just found out about two, three months ago that they were pregnant. So uh, just pray for the Baxter family as they go through this tough time, um, dealing with the loss of a future father and husband and son. So... about uh, Greg's question as you I hope you wrote those prayer requests down because I didn't have my pen so you're going to help me pray um, where do you find your rest where do you find your peace and how's that working for you um, six years ago I had uh, a really hard time and Diane and I went through a really hard time we had one of our grandchildren going through Something we'd never experienced and hope no one wants to experience that. But uh, I was very concerned for her and very worried and uh, allowed my mind to race into the future. And um, I even came to you guys and had a sermon on stay in the day. I don't know if you remember. Stay in the day. Be in God's word and stay in the day. And I I can't take credit for that because this little girl um, spent the night in prayer before she had her first surgery. And, uh, well, I can't sell, tell you everything. I get too emotional. I can't share with you everything she said to me, but basically what she said is, it's well with my soul. I'm okay. And she's lived that for the last six years. Um, and so where do you find your rest? Where do you find your peace? I pray you are in God's word some way or another every day. That's where peace comes from. And uh, for me, to, I have to transform my mind every day. Every day I need to let God transform my mind and let me stay in the day so that uh, I don't miss the peace that he has for me personally and for you guys. So I so appreciated our sermon this morning. Uh, we certainly have lots of stories in our little group right here and lots of things going on. But uh, God promises complete joy. And we can have peace. But we need to allow him to renew our minds every morning. Thank you, Jesus, for our time together. Would you pray with me? Father God, we, uh, we so thank you. Uh, you are always there. You are always beside us. Thank you for your psalms. Thank you for the peace and joy, the hope. That comes from your word. Father, it's only because of the love of your son, the love of you, that uh, we can even have any hope of being with you again. Thank you for your promises that allow us to come before the throne boldly 
come before the throne. Because of you, dear Jesus, we can do this anytime, anywhere. We don't have to wait for someone else to go into the temple. The curtain has been torn. We are, we are right with you. You are right with us. What, what, what a blessing. What a gift. Father, thank you so much for the way you love us. You're amazing, God. Father, I think of the, the praise this morning, Bud on his tractor. Father, thank you for, uh, once again, his helping someone. He helps many, and so continue to bless him and his family, and, uh, th- and thank you for the work that he does. For this young family that having, looking forward to Magnolia, I, Father, I pray that you would uh, just guard that child, and I pray that it, it would be your will that that baby will be here, and th- those parents can be rejoicing. Father, I think also of, of this husband that has been lost. Uh, Hard times. But Father, I pray you can bring peace in all these situations. You can. You, you do. Um, turn it around, Father. Thank you for um, stories from my friend Luis in Mexico. Father, thank you for his desire to continue to video and share about Christ and all the people who are contacting him that he's never spoken to, doesn't know, but want to know more about you, dear Jesus. So you are using this terrible time to bring your people to your kingdom. And he's uh, a witness to that, and he wants to spread that uh, to all of us, to be encouraged that your kingdom <clears throat> is being built every day, every day. Thank you for the chance to be together this morning. Father, thank you for always being beside us and for answering prayers. It's in your son's mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Why don't you uh, stand with me as we sing one last song together this morning. It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, though Satan should assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate 
this glorious thought. My sin not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul, it is well with my soul. people said. Amen. All right. Well, have a great week and you are dismissed.